Aloha, Mission Church. Wow, what an amazing day full of celebration. And, uh, and we continue to celebrate the Lord in our lives. Today is May 1st. And most of you um, don't know this, but in Hawaii, May 1st is called May Day. And May Day is Lay Day in Hawaii. Right, exactly. So I thought I'd put my lay on. And, uh, <laughs> but I love the fact that today, as we celebrate and honor our graduates, we shared beautiful lays with them. Sadly, these aren't the beautiful flower lays that are actually given in Hawaii. Um, those cost $35 a piece here in San Diego. I had to buy a few. And I was like, oh, in Hawaii, they're like $6. I don't know, maybe that more flowers in Hawaii. I don't know. But anyway... In Hawaii, one of the beautiful um, traditions that, are, that is in our Hawaiian culture is the giving and the receiving of lace. And especially during graduation, the graduates are adorned with lace from all of the people that love them at their graduation celebration. And so it's not uncommon that when you go to a graduation, a graduation of anyone from elementary school to high school to college, where there's a celebration, people will bring lays and adorn them on their family, their friends. And if you're the person graduating, you are filled with lay upon lay upon lay. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't be uncommon for someone to have hundreds of lays adorned on them, so much so that they can only peer out from their eyes to see it. And I brought a picture of what it looks like when people graduate from Hawaii. That's exactly. This is very, very common in Hawaii. When people graduate, they, they, they are just full of lays. Um, when I graduated, it was similar. Um, and watching my, my kids graduate. And this is one of the beautiful cultural things about Hawaii. Another real cultural thing about Hawaii. Children. Children, hang on, children, hang on. In just a few years, you guys are going to graduate, and we're going to put lace on you. <laughs> you can go. Oh, man. Someone should have stopped me sooner. Forgive me, kids. Uh, I, I think they would have loved my sermon today, but oh, well. <laughs> One of the other cultural things about Hawaii, if you've been to Hawaii, then you know, if you've lived in Hawaii, you know, is that when you enter into someone's home or even your own home, what do you do? Exactly, right? You, re you remove your shoes, take off your slippers, and, and then you go in. It's a, it's a very common cultural thing in Hawaii to do. The giving and receiving of lace, the taking off of your shoes or slippers before you go into um, someone's home or even your own home. And, and, and another very, not, not much is known about this Hawaiian culture, um, but all new members of churches, they make a commitment to wash the pastor's car for the next year. <laughs> People don't know about that one yet. I'm hoping to instill these beautiful Hawaiian cultures into the life of our church. And uh, um, I think it would be, would be fun. 
Well, we're here at the end of chapter 2 in Philippians. And, and, and we began the first of the year. And we're, we're in May. Today is May 1st, May Day. Today is Lay Day in Hawaii. And we're just finishing chapter 2. Wow. It's been a wonderful, wonderful journey. But we're at the end of chapter 2 here. And, and what I want to do today is to just do a little recap, but to highlight, because we're talking about culture. I wanted to share the, the, the Hawaiian culture with you. But I wanted to share with you a culture that the Apostle Paul is trying to create in the church in Philippi. And, um, and at the beginning of chapter 2, if you guys remember a couple of weeks ago, we, we began that journey. The Apostle Paul called the church to unity. He calls the church to unify, and then he shares this gospel culture with them, beginning at verse 3. So hear the word of the Lord today. Verse 3 says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. This right here sets the stage for the rest of the chapter. And I would dare say even the rest of the epistle to the church. I call this the gospel culture. The gospel culture is, is so different than the Roman culture that the church was living in. Philippi was a city that was patterned after Rome. And the culture of Rome was embedded into the city. And, and the gospel culture that Paul is talking about here is the antithesis of the Roman culture. And I would even dare say that, um, that this culture that Paul is talking about here in, Romans, uh, in, in Philippians chapter 2 is not the culture of the church at the present time. The, the culture of the Philippian church was marked by a few things. There was argument and disagreement that was happening and, and we see that as, as it is talked about in the book, in the letter. And so Paul is trying to redirect the church and trying to, to begin a new culture within the life of this church. He didn't want the church to follow the Roman culture or to carry on in the culture that it was currently in. Paul wanted to create something new. And wouldn't you agree that it would be so much easier just to adopt the culture that you're in? Right? Just to slide, fit in with everybody else. That would be the easy thing to do, but Paul says no. No, no, no. There's a better way. There's a better way than the arguing and, and, and the grumbling that's going on in the church right now. There's a better way than trying to fit into the Roman culture that is all around us, pervasive. And the better way is this. The gospel culture where we do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but rather in humility, we value others above ourselves, not looking to our own interests, but to the interests of others. The Apostle Paul, last week, I said last week, the Apostle Paul, last week, Pastor Paul, our own pastor, 
Last week, Pastor Paul Slater preached a sermon about this very thing. And he shared what the Apostle Paul said in Philippians chapter 2, verses 14 through 16. Now listen to, this is what Pastor Paul shared last Sunday. He said, and he preached from this passage as the Apostle Paul tells the church. Do everything without grumbling or arguing. Because that was what happening in the church. The church was filled with this grumbling and arguing. And so the Apostle Paul tells the church, there's a better way. Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation, which is the pervasive culture that's surrounding them that they're living in at the time. And then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you firmly hold to the word of life. That word is the gospel. The gospel culture that the Apostle Paul is trying to, to birth for the people to see the better way for our church to move forward. The Apostle Paul is writing this to the church that he loves. Remember, Philippians is the church that holds a very special place in the heart of the Apostle Paul. He doesn't write any of the other epistles the same way he writes this one. There's a soft spot in his heart for this church. And so, the Apostle Paul is writing to this beautiful church that he loves. And he's, he's wanting the very best for them. And so he shares this gospel culture with them to, to not be selfish and not argue and, and, and not to do things in vain. Instead, to love others and serve in humility and, 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 and desiring the, the, the benefit of others before your own. And so he shares all this, right, at the beginning of chapter 2. And then he says, I, wanna, I want you to see an example of what this looks like. And obviously, the first person you go to when you want to share an example is who? Jesus, right? Which reminds me, I, I think I shared this funny story with you, of a Sunday school teacher. As she was teaching her Sunday school class, all little children. She says, children, what is the name of the little animal with the furry tail that gathers nuts and runs up and down the tree. And all the kids were kind of quiet, but Jimmy raises his hand. Jimmy, what do you call that? He goes, sounds like a squirrel, but I'm going to say Jesus. Because <laughs> Jesus is always the right answer. And so, the Apostle Paul shares the right answer. The example... Jesus is the example of what the gospel culture looks like. And he begins in verse 5 and he says this. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as that of Christ Jesus. He begins that way by telling them, you've got to change your mind so that you can change your life. And then he shares uh, verses 6 through 8. In verses 6 through 8, I love uh, verses 6 through 8. 
It says, who being in the very nature of God didn't consider equality with God something to be used, look at this, for his own advantage, right? Rather, he made himself nothing, taking on the very nature of a servant and being made in human likeness and being found in the appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on the cross. And I put up the gospel culture right next to the Jesus example. So you can see that everything that he talked about using Jesus as the example is the exact same thing as what the gospel culture is saying. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. In humility, value others above yourself. Not looking to your own interests, but to the interests of others. That's exactly what Jesus does. And that is the, the gospel culture that the Apostle Paul is trying to create in this church in Philippi. The church that he loves, but right now there is struggling with arguing and fighting. There's discontent in the church. And all around the church is the culture of Rome, a culture of selfishness. And so Paul is redirecting them and using Jesus as an example. And, and then... When we live this way, as Pastor Paul and the Apostle Paul talked about last Sunday, right? There's a great reward. The call to unity around the gospel and using Jesus as our example in the relationships that we have with one another. The great reward when we live according to the gospel culture is that we will shine among people, among them like stars in the sky, as we firmly hold to the word of life. We will shine. We will stand out. You will stick out in a dark, dark world when you live out the gospel culture. Boom! <laughs> you shine brightly. That's the sound my cell phone makes when I turn on the flashlight. Kind of takes me back to what Jesus said. In the Sermon on the Mount, when he says, you are the salt of the earth, and you are a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. You will be different, and you will make a difference in the world. Oh. And the, re the reward for Jesus was even better as Jesus lived out the gospel culture, right? As he didn't try to make equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being humbled to the point of death on the cross. The next verses tell us in verses 9 through 11, Therefore God exalted him to the highest place, and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth, and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the Father. Wow. The reward for us is not that. That's Jesus' reward. Our reward, rather than being exalted like Jesus, is, is different. When we shine like stars, you know what we get the chance to do? When we shine like stars, we illuminate Christ to the world. We celebrate the glory of Jesus and, and, and his reward of being, of, of, of being exalted 
And we're not looking for exaltation for ourselves. But we get the great privilege, church, to exalt Jesus to the world. To light up the pathway for others to see Jesus through our lives when we live out the gospel culture. And so, the recap of chapter 2 is so important because you get to see the progression of where we're at today. We see the progression of the call to unity and then the sharing of this gospel culture and then using Jesus as an example of what the gospel culture needs to look like in all of our lives as we shine brightly, different from the world, different from the culture that's currently in the church. And then, get this, this is how the chapter ends. The chapter ends in verses 19 through the, to the very end by the Apostle Paul actually using two people who are a part of the church in Philippi as real-life examples of this actually taking place in people's lives. Because it's one thing to say, hey, you ought to live your life like Jesus, Steve Horrocks. (laughs) And you're like, man, that's a high calling. How How do I live like Jesus? He's the Son of God. He's the perfect human. That's out of my reach. But then... The Apostle Paul says, hey, there's two people that I want to highlight to you that's doing this. Timothy and Epaphroditus. And listen, listen with, with open ears to the gospel culture that the Apostle Paul uses to describe Timothy and Epaphroditus. Hear the word of the Lord beginning at verse 19. Let me take a little swig of water. You know, in Hawaii, it's a lot more humid there. And I never had this problem of my mouth drying out. Oh, thank you, Lord. Okay, hear the word of the Lord. Verse 19. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon. That I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. I have no one else like him who will show, right here, listen to this, Genuine concern for your welfare. For everyone looks out for their own interests and not those of Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy has proven himself. Because as a son is with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. And I hope, therefore, to send him as soon as I see how things go with me. And I am confident in the Lord that I myself will come soon. But I think it's necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, co-worker, and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, who you sent to take care of my needs. For he longs for all of you and is distressed because you heard he was ill. Indeed, he was ill and almost died. But God had mercy on him, not only on him, but also on me to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore, I am all the more eager to send him so that when you see him again, you may be glad and I may have less anxiety. So then welcome him in the Lord with great joy and honor people like him because he almost died for the work of Christ. He risked his life to make up for the help you yourselves could not give to me. Two people, then, 
living out this gospel culture. Not thinking of them, them, themselves and their own interests and their needs. Instead, in Timothy and in Epaphroditus are living proof, living examples of people who have taken on this culture of, of, of serving others, genuinely loving God and serving others, caring for the needs of others before themselves, and for Epaphroditus' sake, even to the point of death. He almost died as he came all that way from Philippi down to Rome to help the Apostle Paul in prison. And so the Apostle Paul closes out chapter 2 by sharing with the church, these two people who you know, they lived among you. They're doing this. They're living out the gospel culture. They are living examples. And they embody, they embody, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, they value others above themselves. And they don't look to their own interests, but they look to the interests of others. That's the culture that Timothy and Epaphroditus were living. And that's the culture that the Apostle Paul is calling the church in Philippi to adopt. Now, here's the thing about culture. Culture is embedded it's embedded into people. It's, it's, it's not a second thought. It's what they do. It's who they are. And when you are in Hawaii, and you come to your own home, and you open the door, instinctively, you kick off your slippers. That's what you do. You don't have to think about it. And that's exactly what homes in Hawaii look like. They have all the slippers and shoes at the front door because they don't walk into the homes with that on. Highly disrespectful. Here, it's different. If you walked into my home here with your shoes on, we'd say, don't take off your shoes. You know why? The floors are so cold here. (laughs) Amen? I wake up in the morning, I'm like, that's so cold. I got to put on shoes before I walk out. That's the way it is. In Hawaii, it's not cold. So you can walk into someone's home and feel very comfortable. But that's what Hawaii looks like. You, it's, that's what culture is. And, and, and every, 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 every people group has their own culture, Right? And this is the culture of Hawaii. And this, is, this gospel culture is the culture that the Apostle Paul is trying to create in the church. Culture is something that you, you don't have to think about. It's embedded in you. Everybody does it. It's passed down from generation to generation to generation. You don't think about it. It's who you are. It's the expectation of the community. And people are identified by it. Because if you came to my house and you knocked off your shoes before you walked in, my first thought is, oh, this person's from Hawaii. We're identified by it. Culture becomes you. Now, church, since I've been here for the past just a little over a year now, it's been my my hope that we could create a culture here at Mission Church. 
I think, a beautiful culture. Um, hmm. <laughs> it's over there. I brought a, a, a mug. In fact, the mug that Eric was talking about. Excuse me while I go get it. This mug right here. That hopefully all of you have one. And on it is the mission of our church. And my hope is that by now, every single person who's a part of this church will know what the mission of our church is. To authentically love God. Humbly serve one another and intentionally share Christ. If you don't know that yet, please pick up a mug and have coffee every day and remind yourself, this is the mission of the church. And I want you guys to know something. I don't want this to be just another slogan for our church. This doesn't need to be another talking point that we have. This is the mission of our church. This is why we exist. This is what I pray becomes the culture of mission, Church of the Nazarene. And you know, embedded right here in the second part, humbly serve one another, is the gospel culture. It's exactly what the Apostle Paul is talking about. Not looking to my own interests, but to the interests of others. Not trying to raise myself up a little higher, but raising others up as we raise Jesus up so that when we shine like stars, we illuminate Christ. Now, in order for us to take this and make it real, something we don't even have to think about, becomes the culture of this church that every single one of us in here, every single day, authentically loves God, humbly serves one another, and intentionally shares Christ. I would say that it's not human nature to do that. Because the prevailing culture of our world goes against what this says. And prior, for, for, prior to me arriving, this may not have been the culture of the church here. So, it's something we have to work at. But I want you to know, all your work, while it's good, can only be realized and accomplished if God is in the midst of it. And if we're doing it for the right reason. To glorify God and not ourselves. And I will go so far as to say this. We will never see the culture of this church ever change. Ever. If we're not committed to being people of prayer. Praying that this very thing can take place in me. That should be our prayer. Lord, help this to be something that will impact me. That I can do. Not, not of myself. That's impossible. But by your help, change my heart. Change my mind. Change my life. And so that I can change others. This gospel culture right here is only, is only doable by God's help and by prayer. And so church, as we begin this half a million prayer initiative beginning today, I pray that we will live into that and we will use that as a springboard for our, our entire church, but for us personally, 
to really, really, really seek God in prayer. Because it begins with prayer. And I will say this, church. If prayer is the bedrock foundation of Mission Church, then authentically loving God, humbly serving one another, and intentionally sharing Christ will be our culture. We'll do that instinctively, spiritually. We don't have to even think about this. You know why? Because we've done the hard work of seeking after God and surrendering what we need to, giving up our own pride and our selfishness and our self-centered desires so that God can reign and rule and shine bright and we can help Him to do that. So can I ask you something? As an invitation? Maybe as a request from your pastor. Would you please, please, please join us in the Half a Million Prayer Mobilization Initiative? If not for anything else, For your own heart. And let this be the springboard for us to personally and for our church to make prayer a high priority. Now, I'm going to finish up my sermon today the same way the Apostle Paul finished chapter 2. I want to highlight two people. Two people who lives out gospel culture right here. They didn't know I was going to do this today. But two people that I've met, that their lives embody what it means to serve others and forego of themselves. They've come a long way to be here. In fact, where they came from was comfortable to them. It's, I'm going to tell you who they are. It's Roger and Charles. They moved here from Peru. And, and they had great jobs when they were there. They were in a great church. Their family was there. And then the Lord, because they told me the story, God put it on their heart to move here. And it's been a hard move, hasn't it? They don't speak the language. Come to a brand new church. Have to find jobs where they, they were... They had important jobs doing great things and humbly having to take the jobs that they have now. And yet, undeterred by any of that, they have continued to serve God and serve others. They authentically love God. You can see it when they read worship. You not only see it in their faces, you hear it in their voices. English is not their first language, but when they lead in worship, authentically loving God, sharing that, humbly serving you in that beautiful way. And you know what else they do so beautifully? They intentionally share Christ. And had it not been for you, I don't know if Cindy wouldn't come to know Jesus. Now, I came to visit you and you told me that story and I brought one mug, but I want you to have two. (laughs) And say thank you for being an example to all of us of what it means to live the gospel culture. You are an inspiration to me. And I pray as the rest of our church gets to know the two of you, that you will be an inspiration to us all in how you love God 
serve others and share Christ. Thank you so much. Church, I'd like to close in a word of prayer and invite you all to join me in this journey of prayer and look deep inside of our own hearts and lives and ask ourselves this question. Do we, do I live out the gospel culture? Do I, do I humbly serve others the way I ought to? Or is my ambition getting in the way? Am I self-centered sometimes? I know I am. And I need to lay that down before the Lord. If we're going to make this church everything that God would have it to be. Bow your heads with me. Please join me in prayer. Father in heaven, help us, Lord God, to live out the gospel culture. To not look to our own interests, but yours. Help us to look to your interests, Lord, and the interests of others. Forgive us, Lord God, when we get in the way of what you're trying to accomplish. Forgive us, Lord, when we're too lazy to pray. Every moment on this earth is a gift from you to us. May we use those moments well. God, when this church gathers to pray, may we be there. And when you call us to pray in quiet, may we be there. And as the pastor of this church, I, my prayer is, God, that we would give you permission to move in us, to change us, and help us, Lord God, to live out the culture of the gospel. May the word of life live deeply in us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Go with God. Have a fabulous day.